8.15, the blue numbers on the clock beside the bed announced without enthusiasm. Fifteen minutes till showtime. It was a decent hotel. Not the Four Seasons, but not a roach-infested shithole. A pair of queen-size beds, thick drapes to block out the rest of the world and its prying eyes, a couple of watercolor prints, so bland they almost disappeared into the pastel wallpaper. It was the kind of place with people in nearby rooms and reassuringly thin walls. The murmur of room 412's television was just barely audible, and earlier room 416's shower had added a whisper of white noise for a few minutes. At least this place wasn't hotel, no one can hear you scream, though if everything went according to plan tonight, the guests in the adjacent rooms would probably wish it was. Rather than staring at the other bed, which was already turned down in undeniable anticipation of the next few hours, I focused on one of the watercolors on the wall, though I had virtually no interest in the lifeless image of some flowers in a vase. I'd once heard about some studies that had determined that pastel colors had a soothing effect on people. Rumor had it some sports teams had painted the visiting team's locker rooms with that scheme in mind. I couldn't say if it ever worked on a rival football or baseball team, but it didn't do a damn thing to slow my pounding heart or unwind my knotted stomach. What the hell am I doing here? Groaning, but not loud enough for it to carry into neighboring rooms, I rubbed my eyes. I had everything— the husband, the kids, the white picket fence, and the moat of perfectly manicured grass encasing a flawless suburban four-bedroom on a street where nothing ever happened except gossip and barbecues. A sensible car, a refrigerator covered with grade school pictures, grocery lists, and Garfield magnets, a calendar full of meetings with prestigious clients and blowhards, Oh, and a drawer full of sexy lingerie I hadn't worn in years. I'd had everything. I still had most of it. The kids, the car, the house, the overloaded calendar, and neglected lingerie. Thanks to the calendar, the grass wasn't so perfectly manicured anymore, but my son kept it trimmed enough to appease the homeowners association. The husband was long gone amicably divorced, happily remarried, completely oblivious to where I was tonight while the kids were with him. Yeah, I had everything, which was, of course, why I now reclined on a rented, rock-hard, queen-size bed waiting for a male prostitute to show up. No, not a prostitute, an escort. So said the company site, the woman I'd spoken to on the phone, and Kim, the friend who'd referred me to elite escorts to begin with. An escort, who'd meet me in a hotel room and do anything I asked in exchange for three hundred prepaid dollars. Not a prostitute at all. Eight twenty-one. Nine minutes to go. Trust me, Jocelyn, Kim had said. These guys are top quality. You won't regret it. Wouldn't I? 
I wouldn't regret admitting I was so desperate for headache-free sex that I'd pay money to skip the crap and get to the fun part. I was buying sex. Nothing to be ashamed of or regret or hope to God no one ever found out about.